Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Ah, It's a glorious day in New York City. It's crisp air. And for me, it's been an amazing, wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, many people have um, asked me about the, the TEDx uh, event this week. Yes, I did give my first TEDx talk on Tuesday, uh, April 26th uh, at TEDx Upper West Side. Lots of people have asked me about uh, the recording and when is the video going to be up. Uh, I don't quite know when, but all you need to do is go to the website, which is TEDxUpperWestSide.com and uh, they have to submit the um, uh, the video to the main TED organization and then eventually they'll get um, it'll get published and uh, hopefully I will be able to get a copy and I will let ev- all of my friends know uh, when it's up and uh, ooh, see we're and we're live streaming on Facebook I already see some friends thank you Erica congratulating me thank you so much thanks for listening we have an amazing amazing show today. I'm really looking forward to having my guest Fran back on again. So let's get started uh, with our quotes of the day. Of course, as usual from the universe and from Abraham, let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First from the universe, nothing is left to chance. The choreography of players and circumstances in your world are plotted with mind-numbing precision. Gigantic forces of attraction are activated and engaged. The odds of your inevitable success begin skyrocketing. And every second of every day is calibrated and recalibrated. Whenever you remember to visualize. Who loves you, baby? The universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe today, reminding us how important visualization is and how... As we visualize our lives and our love with mind-numbing precision, that it's exactly what we will get. So a good reminder to people like, hey, visualization is one of our greatest, greatest, greatest gifts. So uh, as you guys all know, I'm a big believer in it. Hope you're all practicing it. And relating back to my TEDx talk, I visualized giving public speeches and talks in front of groups for years. So it is no surprise. Well, it is a little bit of a surprise, but um, that it happened. Anyway, so that's the universe. Let's see what Abraham has to say today. You're really not wanting to limit beliefs because belief is just perspective. And the more beliefs or the more perspectives or the more attitudes, the bigger the vibrational kitchen from which you can make your pie. Just get so good at directing your energy that the belief doesn't dominate. Abraham. Ah, an interesting quote from Abraham. Uh, Something that I think is, is important to remember, and that is, you know, we use the term all the time, limiting beliefs. But but what does that really mean? I mean, if we take the two words, limiting and belief, it means we're belie- believing in something that limits us, that keeps us from a broader perspective, that keeps us from being able to, you know, see a larger picture. And really limiting ourselves through our beliefs never serves us. Because, and this is what really Abraham is saying, is that the more variety, the more different beliefs, the more different perspectives, the more different ways you can see things, it's kind of like the more tools you have in your toolbox. As, as Abraham puts it, you know, the, the larger your vibrational kitchen. And so it's sort of like the more different ingredients we have, the more spicy we can make our stew, the more vibrant, the more juicy our life can be. So we should never, well, not that we should never, but by by sort of dismissing these limiting beliefs or by, as Abraham says, directing our energy so well that those beliefs don't dominate, then even if we do feel like, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that, but you still direct your energy because you want to do it so badly that you can overcome those beliefs and then, again, give yourself a broader perspective. 
So these perspectives and these beliefs are the very fabric and foundation of how we live our lives. The more beliefs, the more perspectives, the more different ways we can see things, you know, the, the, the more different dishes we can cook up for ourselves. So visualize like crazy and have as many beliefs as you possibly can. I guess those are what the, the quotes of the day are, are telling us today. And I think they're two wonderful quotes and very apropos, I believe, for our guest. Today, it is my extreme pleasure to welcome back to the show Fran Capo. Fran is a motivational speaker, a comedian, an adventurer, an ordained minister, 18-time author. i got to ask her, how do you do 18 books? Because I know it hasn't been all that long. She's been a spokesperson, a consultant, a six-time world record holder, most known as the Guinness Book of World Records' fastest-talking woman. Ah, I can't believe it. Fran, really? Fastest-talking woman? Yeah, of course. Although I'm not going to do that, otherwise the interview will be over in like two minutes. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. She's appeared in over 4,500 radio shows, now 4,501. And 450 TV shows, including Entertainment Tonight, Nick at Night, and Good Morning America. She used to be the weather and traffic girl at WBLS. And uh, she's recently had videos go viral. She's been in Time Magazine, The Huffington Post, Yahoo News, and all kinds of media outlets around the world. And she actually played a prank on Dr. Oz during Sweeps Week? Really? You want me to tell you now or later? <laughs> yeah, tell me. Tell me now. While I, while I got it, you know it, it was. Um, you know they they had this whole thing where uh, there was a Miss America thing, okay. and uh, one of the nur- one of the Miss America people said that she was a nurse, and then the people from the View made a comment like, "Oh, nurses are just want to be doctors," and it created this whole big thing. So to counter that, Doctor Oz decided that he was going to do this whole thing called Nurse Nation. So uh, all of a sudden, I get a call, and I'm like, I'm not a nurse. How am I? How do I fit into this? So they said, well, what we want you to do is, do you have a nurse friend? And I was like, yeah. And they said, well, we want you to come on the show, and we want you. Dr. Oz is asking one-minute tips or one- to two-minute tips from different nurses. And we want you to go on the show and interrupt your friend. I go, listen, I'm not going to interrupt the nurse on national TV where everybody <laughs> gets talk on. Oh, look at that lady. Who the hell is she? She's interrupting a nurse. So um, I said, we'll figure it out. So Dr. Oz had no idea that I was the fast talker. He just knew that the fast talk, uh, that this nurse, my nurse uh, friend, Glenn, um, whose birthday it actually happens to be today. Um, So, well, happy birthday, Glenn. (laughs) Um, He was going to bring me on as a guest. Anyway, so we go there, and Glenn turns it over to me. Dr. Oz says, Glenn, I understand you have a cure for hiccups. And Glenn turns to me and says, friend, do you want to explain it? And now Dr. Oz had no clue I was a fast talker. So I so it was a, 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 a thing that they had given us to do, uh, you know. So I was like, all right. So it was a cure they had given us. And it was a very visual cure. We're taking glass of water, drinking it, this whole thing. So I'm like, oh, sure, Dr. Oz, I want to explain to you. All you have to do is take a cup of water and go to, And I start doing it. And you could see his expression on TV like, <laughs> what the heck is she talking about? So I keep saying it, and I go, and you know, but you don't want to spill the water in your cup because you're out on baking up the hiccups, and all of a sudden you spill the water. He said, now you all of a sudden got to change shirt, can't change shirt, put it outside. And I said to him, you know, going off into tangents. And then I look at my friend Glenn, and I go, Glenn, maybe we should tell him why I'm explaining it this way. And then Glenn explained it to him. Uh, you know, this is really my friend, the fast talker. And then we actually did the real cure. So you could see uh. Dr. Oz liked it so much they wound up airing it during sweeps week really oh wonderful wonderful that's so cool so besides being a fast talker fran is also an adventurer she's bungee jumped scuba dived with sharks scaled castle walls which castle wall did you scale in australia australia and that'll show you let me take that back 
they'll kill me in Austria. Austria. In Austria. <laughs> That's better. I didn't think they had any castles in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> she's driven <laughs> race cars. She's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and gone down to the wreck of the Titanic. And we actually talked about that the last time you were on the show. That was a yes, fun, we did. That an was amazing interesting. thing. Yeah. Yes. But of all the things that she's done, only one of them is a mystery to even Fran herself, which is her new book, her 18th book, Hopeville, The City of Light. And that's what we're here to kind of talk about today. And um, Fran, I I mean, uh, let's just start off with just the fact that you're an author and you've written 18 books. How long ago did you write your first book? Well, you know, I did the 18 books in about 12 years. 12 years, and okay. everybody's always like, so I think it was like uh, 19, well, let's see, let's think about it. So, yeah, no, no, let me take that back. Now it's going to be at least 16 years because it's 2016, mm-hmm. and I started it around the year 2000. So um, it was pretty much, you know, I the way that the very first book started was I always wanted to write a book like since I was in fifth grade. And I remember telling my fifth grade teacher, one day I'm going to write a book. And she's like, you do that, sweetheart. <laughs> I was like, no, no, really, I'm going to write a book. Because I was always writing these stories and everything. And anyway, the way that the first book happened was I actually got um, asked to do a talk. Uh-huh. And, um, well, I, I didn't actually get asked to do a talk. I was at a seminar where they were teaching people how to do a talk. And then I raised mm-hmm. my hand and they said, well, what would you do your talk on? And, um, you know, I said, I don't know. You know, I just have some ideas. Blah, blah, blah. And at the end of it, they had asked, there was like 500 people there. And, you know, they were asking people to buy, you know, the, the workshop books and everything. Right, and right. the guy had mentioned that he was going to be doing a talk on a cruise. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that would be kind of cool. So I went up to him. I said, um, hey, I want to know how to get on that cruise and do that talk. He goes, oh, no, no, you got to be talking for a long time before you could do this cruise thing. I said, no, no, but I still just want to know, like, how I could, you know, get on that cruise. And he goes, I'm just telling you, you got to have this whole thing prepared. You haven't even done one talk yet. I'm like, I know, but, you know. Anyway, he gives me the information. I call up the cruise ship, and I'm like, hey, my name is Fred Capo. I understand you hire speakers. And he's and they're like, yes. And I, they said, well, what topic do you have? I said, oh, I have a bunch of different topics. I said, but it depends on who my target audience is. And so then they said that their audience was people 65 and older. And I said, I have a talk on how to have energy in the later years. And they were like, yeah. And I said, yeah. And I didn't have anything written yet. <laughs> and, and so then they said, oh, my God, that fits in perfect what we're talking about. So I said, look, you know, and at that time they didn't ask for tapes or whatever, you know, uh, so, um, and, you know, they didn't have the, you know, the internet, they didn't right. have, like, everybody was, you know, Googling and doing all that stuff. So, um, anyway, long story short, I get booked on the cruise, and so when I come back, I tell, I call the guy, and I say, hey, listen, I just want you to know, I got booked on your cruise. He goes, how'd you get booked on that cruise? I said, well, I listened to some of the things you said in the workshop. Um, you know, I am a stand-up comic. I knew I could talk. Hmm. I mean, I do have a lot of energy. I know how to tell people I have energy, so I just put the two together and did a talk. So because of that, uh-huh. he decided to hire me as a keynote at his wow. next seminar. And one thing led to another, and I thought he said, 15, one, five minutes. So uh-huh. I call him up two weeks before, and I go, hey, so I just want to let you know I have my 15 minutes ready. I'm all set. And he goes, 15, 50. I go, oh, 50, <laughs> as in five zero. He goes, yeah. And I said, and he said, is that a problem? I said, no, no, no. And he goes, oh, and by the way, you have a book? I went, a book? Why? You need a book to talk? And he goes, no, but if you have a book, you can sell it at the back of the room. I said, well, I got two weeks. I'll write a book. <laughs> in two so weeks. <laughs> I, I decided I would take my talk and make it into a workbook. I went to Staples, had 400 copies made up of the workbook, taught the class, and told everybody at the beginning, listen, I have a habit of talking fast. You don't have to worry about taking notes because I have a book at the end. So if you miss anything, all you can do is buy my book at the end of this, at this, end of this uh, workshop, and then you don't have to worry about taking any of the notes. Uh, so good. I wound up selling all 400 books. Wow. And once I did it, I went, wow, this book thing is pretty good. <laughs> right. Okay, so friend, let, let, let's hold I, it there, friend. Let's hold it there. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll let you continue your book story. And then let's uh, we'll talk briefly about, you know, just a couple of the different books that maybe you've done. And then let's get to, to Hopeville, okay? Okay, great. All right, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. 
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with the world's fastest talking woman today. So I got to talk extra fast so I can keep up with you, Fran. <laughs> well, you know, we don't have to go for a record together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can just, just relax. You know. Yeah, yeah, let's take it easy today. So so you were talking about sort of your first book and how it came about, and really it's like, oh, you need a book in the back of the room? Okay, I'll put a book together, and you put a book together in like two weeks. And, and that, uh, to me, that story just kind of exemplifies how you live your life, right? I mean, you're always just well, like, you, you get an idea, you decide to do it, you go out, and you just do it. Well, you know what? Yeah, and I'm lucky because my mother always taught me that nothing is impossible, and my mm. dad always taught me to find the humor in life. So between the two philosophies, I would try something, and if it worked, it became part of my motivational speaking. And if it didn't work, it became part of my stand-up comedy. So I'm like, no, either way, there's no room here. You know? That's I great. either make fun of myself or use it as an example. So, And then I would go to the library. I mean, basically, because literally, when you have that philosophy that your mother has drilled in your head mm. ever since you were a kid of nothing's impossible, nothing's impossible, I would walk in a library and I would go, well, if all these people could write a book, I could write a book. And uh, that's how I looked at everything. Wow. If that guy could run a race, I could run a race. If that guy could do this, I could do this. Yeah. And so I just had the belief that, you know, I didn't have to do it the exact same way that person did it. Right. But if I have it in my head, there's a way to do it. If I can get it in my head, I can make it happen in real life. Right. So so just to give our audience an idea, what uh, besides like, uh, you know, writing a book about your, your speeches, sort of that, that'd be, I'd consider nonfiction, like what are the kinds kinds of books have you written over the years? Well, you know, it's it's funny because everybody always thinks maybe I stick to one genre, but they're mm -hmm. all, uh, you know, all different. Like, I've written a whole series about history books called It Happened in New York, It Happened in New York ah. City, Myths and Mysteries of New York, uh, It Happened in New Jersey, It Happened in Pennsylvania, and Myths and Mysteries of uh, New Jersey. But then it goes, you know, Secrets right. and Publicity, Science of Getting Rich. Well, that was a TV that's off of somebody else's book. That was the only other one that I did as a TV voiceover. Um, humor and Business Speaking, How to Break into Voiceovers. And then I started doing things based on what I really love. Not that I didn't love that stuff also, because I love research and finding all that stuff. Right. But Adrenaline adventures, 50 mm. different adventures you could do in a day or a weekend. Everything from bungee cord jumping, scuba diving with sharks, eating fire, you know. Um, <laughs> and then I did The Almost a Wise Guy, which was a book based on the life of my daddy. And one brother, a highly decorated police officer, and the other one that was in the mob, and my dad was dying. He was like, listen, I want to write a book about my life. And I'm like, uh. that. I don't know if that's a safe thing. So the beginning of the book says the names have been changed to protect the author. Because I'm like, I'm not taking a chance. Um, <laughs> and then I wrote, I have a CD out called Journey to the Titanic. Because remember we had talked about, I did a book right. signing mm -hmm. down by the wreck site of the Titanic. More people have been to outer space than down by the Titanic. And that's where I became the ordained minister. Because I said, well... I don't want to just go down there and do a book signing. I want to honor because, you know, people did die down there. Right. And I figured just doing it as myself wasn't good enough, so I became an ordained minister so I could be the first person to ever say a prayer down by the wreck side of the Titanic. Uh -huh. And then 
Um, I thought you were going to say you married somebody down there. <laughs> you married you married someone down there? No, I was. I, th- I said I thought you were going to say that you be, became an ordained minister so you can marry somebody at the wreck of the Titanic. No, because you know what? Someone else had already done that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I wow. looked it up and I went, wow, someone got married down by the wreck of the Titanic. I can't do that married. one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was like, well, I'll do something else. I'll honor, and I got a naval uh, minister to be able to give me a prayer to be, you know, a non-denominational prayer so that I made sure that it corresponded with everything that needed to be done properly uh, for a burial at sea. Okay. But the one, all those books had one thing in common, even though they go across all different genres. I consciously made a decision to write that book. Right. The reason Hopeville, the City of Light, is so different is because it's the only book, not only did I make a conscious decision not to write, or, or I never even knew I was going to write it is more appropriate. Right. And it's because, and the funny thing, you know, <laughs> some people just like have a belief. My whole thing is like whenever I, you know, God give me a sign, my whole thing is he has to give me like 20 signs for me to say, oh, that's really a sign. I mean, you know, like people <laughs> like, how many signs do you need, you know? But, uh, Lots, yeah. So what happened in this instance was I literally was sleeping 4 o'clock in the morning, right. and what happens is, um, I, I'm, I'm, well, at least I think I'm having a dream, and I hear, Fran, get up. you got to write a book. So I'm going in my, to myself, I'm going, wow, this is like a really weird dream. So then it <laughs> was there, was up, there like a, write this book. Was there a person attached to that voice? I mean, did you see someone, or you just kind of heard a voice in the background? It was a voice, but i got to tell you, Sam, I, to this day, I can't say whether it was a male or female voice, but it was uh, as distinctive as you and I talking on the phone. Huh, okay. And um, it was a voice I had never heard before. I knew it wasn't like me thinking it in my head. And when I was dreaming, I didn't see anything, That, but that's why I didn't understand if I was dreaming or not. So what uh, happened was I turned on the light and not sure if I was dreaming that I was turning on the light or actually turning on the light. So I turned on the light, looked around, didn't see anything, turned back off the light, and then heard the voice again saying, get up, you need to write this down. So I turned on the light again, and then I was like, okay, I can hear something, I hear whoever's saying this, I don't see you, I don't know if I'm dreaming, but I don't know what book you're talking about. And quite honestly, 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm not ready to write a book. And the voice (laughs) is going, you have to write write this book, it's got a message that's got to get out to the world. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm in the middle of writing Adrenaline Adventures. And I was literally arguing with the voice. And the voice was saying, (laughs) well, yeah, I don't know who it is. So, you know, and so so the voice was being very persistent. And it was like, get a pen and pencil. I mean, it was instructing me. So I turn on light again. I get a pen and pencil. I write down Hopeville, the City of Light. And I said, look, that's all I'm doing right now. I said, you know, I... Uh, uh, whatever, I'll speak to you later. I don't know what the deal is, but I, I can't do this. i got to get up in a few hours. So that's all I did was write down Hope of the City of Light, pretty much, you know. Mm-hmm. I could see that stuff was, like, maybe starting to fall, but, like, I, I just fell back asleep. At least, And then the next morning I got up, took my kid to school, my mom to work, and then I had to get my car fixed. And I was going to type the chapters of Adrenaline Adventures because that's the book that was due. Right. So then what happens is I go to the place and listen, I've written 18 books in like 16 years. I, I don't have a, um, well, you know, I don't have a problem with writer's block. Right. So I literally have never, you know, so I, I'm there with my laptop computer. Mm-hmm. I start to type. Right. And Sam, it was the weirdest thing. Physically, it was like someone would not allow me to type not one word really? of Adrenaline Adventures. Wow. And my hands were like frozen. I'm like, what is going on? And I tried it like three times. And then I was like, okay, I can't just sit here and not do anything for three hours while the car is being fixed. And right. I put that piece of paper in my pocket. And I said, oh, what was the name of that voice thing I heard? And I took it out and I looked at it. And I said, oh, maybe I'll just at least write the title in so I don't forget it. Right. And I typed Hopeville City of Light in the next three hours. I don't remember anything. All I remember really? is literally typing the words, the end, and then the guy saying to me, Fran, that was the weirdest thing. Your car's ready. And he goes, that wow. was the weirdest thing. I was like, what? He goes, you didn't move. You didn't look like you were breathing. You didn't go to the bathroom. You didn't blink. We were scared to even like, come in your 
circle because you just were so intense. You didn't move wow. your head, nothing. I, I think I wrote a book saying, like, how do you think you I, I honestly can't tell you one <laughs> word on this page. You know, wow. And you feel like, you know, like an idiot, like, I don't know what I was doing for three hours, you know? And, you know, they're, and they're over there. At one point, I remember before I start typing, looking around and going, wow, I'm in the back of a, uh, afterwards, I mean, I'm sorry, after I finished typing the whole thing, I'm like going, this is so weird. I'm like in the back of an auto body shop and I don't, what just happened? So mm. two weeks later, I decided I better look at the book because, you know, I started thinking like, you know, <laughs> guilty, like, you know, what, all of a sudden, you know, I, you know, a voice gives me this thing, you know, I don't want it. So I look at it and it was a story about, a widowed a woman who has three jobs, trying to make ends meet, a little boy who's constantly getting bullied, a successful businessman who gave up everything just to build a business. So, you know, no family, no pets, nothing, right. just to build a business. And an old man who feels he has a lot he wants to share, but nobody wants to hear it from him because he's an old man. Uh-huh. And so what happens, that same night, they're all discouraged, and they say a prayer, and an angel of light appears to them and tells them just a little thing they have to do that can literally, if they do it, they will serve as an example, and it will create a domino effect and change the town. And that in that, that the, that the angel was going to provide them with a visual that people can see to help them along, which was a light that would shine on their shoulders that... Oh. Could not fool. So when you're thinking good thoughts, the light shines right. bright. When you're right. thinking bad thoughts, the light shines red. And you can't force the light and trick the light into uh, doing it. So, of okay. course, each of them is questioning. Oh, well, I'm going to have a light on the show. I'm going to take a bath. I'm gonna, you know, they're all questioning all these you know, different things. They don't think it's possible. And the angel's like, just trust me. And so, but I'm just a little boy, but I'm just a widowed mother. You know, you each have the power within you. And so they each take on this challenge, and there's a lot of different challenges they have to overcome. Hmm. And, you know, and then it goes on to the whole story of how they do it and what they do. And um, so I finished writing the book, uh-huh. and that's the story. Wow. And I leave it. And this was back in 2004. Okay. I don't do anything with it. And then I start getting guilty because that was like in April. And I'm like, you know, I really got to do something with this. So in November of that year, I decide I'm going to print up 50 copies. Again, Staples, like that mm-hmm. was like my favorite publisher. I did. <laughs> so I went to Staples and um, I print up 50 copies and tell people about the book. And in one hour, all 50 copies sell. Wow. Do I do anything more? You would think I do? No, I leave oh. it. Okay. All right. So let's leave it. Hold it. Hold it. Anything. Hold it. Let, so, let's, let's leave the story there. Because, okay. you know, when we take a break, I like to leave our audience on edge. So for them to find out what happened next, you're going to have to stay tuned after this commercial break. So, Fran, hold on. Everybody, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. 
We're talking this hour with Fran Capo. Um, I, I can't even give a label to her because she does so much different stuff. And I just want to remind <laughs> our listeners that uh, I am live streaming the video of this, uh, although Fran unfortunately had to call in today. Um, so you just got my beautiful face on the video. But if you go to Facebook and you look for me, Sam Liebowitz, that's L-I-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z, on Facebook, um, it, the video should be right there on my timeline. So, Fran, you have this book. I mean, you pretty much like channeled this book and not even know. You probably didn't even know what channeling was. It yeah, exactly right. I had no clue what channeling was. All I was, I was a little scared to kind of tell people, you know, you hear a voice at 4 o'clock in the morning. That's the thing that people get locked up away for. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know so, but now anymore, I just kind of go, and listen, this is what happens. This is what I'm saying. I'm, you know, just telling people the truth. Right, and and so you, you so you sold some books, and then you 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 kind of ignored it for a while, right? And then I went off, and I started writing all the other books that we had talked about before, right? And then two years ago, uh, so in 2013, well, no, 2014, I said, you know, I should do something with this book because mm-hmm. if I don't, what if I die and go to heaven, and then God goes, hey, I gave you a book. You did nothing with it, and then I got to, like, sweep heaven for the rest of my life because <laughs> I had to look at them or something. I don't know. So I was like, I better do something with this book. They said it as a message that has to get out to the world. And the funny thing, Sam, is every mm-hmm. single time I say that, mm-hmm. the book makes a big burst. So I said, uh-huh. okay, I'm going to do something with this book. Now, in between, I had told people, yeah, I wrote a book called Bill, you know, I made a couple of copies, you know, sold them, but never really pushed it because I was busy doing the other books. Right. So in 2014, I said, you know what, I'm going to make it into an ebook. Uh-huh. And then I, so I, I make it into an ebook in like kind of the beginning of the year. And then I say, uh, okay, mom, mother, Mary. at that point, my mother had passed away. I'm like, mom, mother, Mary, whoever gave me that voice. You know, you guys tell me I'm supposed to get this book out. How am I supposed to, like, get this book out? Mm -hmm. And the next thing I know, a video from three years ago that someone had taped on me, nothing to do with Hopeville, um, on my fast talking. The guy had videotaped me from True TV, forgot about it, Uh saw it on his shelf. This was the day after I prayed, like, what should I do with this book? Put a video up on YouTube of me, and that video went viral. And Uh I started getting calls from all over the world. I'm talking about Croatia, Scandinavia, Vietnam, Uh uh, you know, Mexico, uh, you know, uh, the BBC, New York, Huffington Post, New York Times, asking me to come on and talk about fast talking. And I said, as long as I can mention my book, Hopeville. So I started doing that and mentioning some places said yes, some said no. And I started mentioning the book, Hopeville. And now it was just an ebook form. And I was leaving in like three days to go to the military uh, to do a show in the military, 17 shows in 17 days, 17 shows in 10 days from the DMZ zone all the way down to the tip of South Korea. And this woman calls me up and says, I'm sorry to track you down at your home, but I have to tell you that um, you're... I read your ebook. I heard about it on TV, and my husband passed away six months ago, and it was the only thing that gave me comfort. Are you ever thinking of making it like a soft copy? I want to give gifts to different friends. And I was like, no, you know, I'm just kind of keeping an ebook. She goes, well, if you ever think of it, please, I would really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So there I am three days before I'm leaving for South Korea, and I'm like, oh, yeah. So I find out this place I could do books, you know, really quick, like 24, you know, to 48 hour books, you can switch it over, blah, blah, blah. I get a bunch of books made. I tell the lady, she buys three copies and then I go to South Korea. Mm -hmm. I find out I can't bring any books to the soldiers. So I decide to offer every soldier who wants one, a free e-copy of the book. And because I wanted our soldiers to have a way of doing it. And Mm -hmm. this is the thing about the book. It seems that when people read it, they come back and they buy like 20 or 30 copies to give out to people. It seems also when people read it, they tell me things like it's like the next alchemist meets Think and Grow Rich. (laughs) Or as one person put it to me on one television show that I did, he said, it's not just a book, it's a way of life. You know, so it's a simple, powerful, powerful story of life, love, laughter, and how life is meant to be lived. Wow. And 
and and so I know uh, you know I want to ask this question, but it's kind of silly because the whole thing is a surprise. So I wanted to ask you, like, uh, sort of, is there anything about the book itself that really sort of surprised you over time? I mean, I know like the whole book is a surprise, and the whole process was a surprise, and and it sounds like even what's happening afterwards is a big surprise. But is there anything uh, within the story itself that was a real surprise for you? Yeah, because the thing is. Honestly, you know, look, every single book I write, except for Hopeville, has been a book about things that actually happened to me and I wrote. Okay. I didn't, I've never sat down and written a novel. Okay. And when I saw how each of the lives in the book, from the little boy getting bullied, to the widowed mother, to the successful businessman, to the old man's lives, all intertwined, right. and each one had a story, no. I was like, I I literally said to myself, I wouldn't have been able to make all this tied together so neatly, how uh, each person's story related to the other one, and how even the little boy had a lesson, because it was when the bully was bullying him, um, you know, uh, there's this crooked lawyer in town, and I wouldn't have thought of this, the, the lawyer comes across the street and says, I saw that bully attack you, you know, you could, uh, you know, you could sue him for rest, and the little boy said, you know what, it's over. I, you know, uh, why do I want to make something bigger than it already is? Mm. And he goes, you know, life is... Ma-. And so the little boy's teaching the lawyer uh, a story, and the lawyer's calling the little boy, oh, you're foolish, you could have made a lot of money, and the little boy said sometimes being happy is more important than mm. trying to scam somebody and make money. He doesn't use yeah. those exact words. It's also different writing than normally I write. You know, okay. I write more like like the way I speak. The right. book's told more in parable. Right. And then the other thing, too, is like there's a whole story about um, uh, this candle maker. And the old man, you know, goes by the guy's shop. And the candle maker, he saw, this was after the angel already got mad at everybody, and uh, but you were allowed to light somebody else's candle. And the candle maker, the old man goes in and sees the candle maker slumped over. And he nudges him to see if the guy's alive. And when he nudges him, the candle maker wakes up with like this, all this energy that he had never had. Mm. And the old man's like, oh, I've never seen you like this. He said, I had the most wonderful dream that I was in this beautiful wood-making shop with things that I could never have dreamed of making. And I met the wood-maker in that shop, and it turns out it was the me that, was never, that I never allowed to live wow. because I stopped having passion and dreaming. And so now I realize that I can make those things. That's the me that I I can become. And so each story tells the story. Each story of the little boy, the widow, you know, tells the story of how they transition from feeling kind of listless and and victim, like a victim, into blossoming into the full potential of who they are and how it happens. Right. So... uh, I'm just curious, do you see any lesson for yourself in this book? Because you already do so much. the lesson in the book, now this is a funny thing. I didn't want to touch the story because I was like, someone gave it to me so I shouldn't touch it. So I went back in and I read it, and it came to 44 lessons in the book. Okay. And someone said to me at one point, you know, well, why 44? I said, you know, I didn't choose that number. You know, 44 was the, you know, the number that of lessons I saw. And then someone said, do you realize there is an angel number 44? I said, what do you mean angel's a number? I had no clue angel's a number. And it turns out that angel 44 asks you to pay attention to your intuition and inner wisdom as your connection with your angel. Uh, And, um, and it talks about the message that you're being surrounded at all time by loving angels who wish to bring you peace of mind and joy of heart and uh, encourage you. Now, I didn't know there was an angel 44. I didn't know there were 44 lessons in the book. Mm -hmm. And yet the book, that is one of the messages in the book. It's all about bringing that out. So every single thing ties into it. Some of the lessons that came out of the book was like laughter makes your life brighter. Don't run from Mm -hmm. bullies. We all have guardian angels that come in many forms. Mm -hmm. Don't be stuck in fear. There's an answer to every challenge. Those are just like some of the messages that come out through the story. So, so Fran, let me ask you. I mean, this is really a very spiritual experience, just writing the book and, and bringing it out there and the stories of the book. I mean, would you... I mean, considered yourself a spiritual person before this? I mean, had you had, you know, any other kinds of experiences 
you know, unexplainable experiences before this? Nothing like this, but okay. I do say that, I mean, it's n- nowhere near like this where I hear a voice and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, challenge, challenge, uh, what a channeling, like you had said, you know, of course they'd heard of it. You know, right. I think I, I would be like, okay, fine, whatever. Maybe they thought of the book and they were, you know, so it was very weird actually hearing a voice and then not knowing what you're writing and doing it. But I will say this, since my mom has passed, and prior mm-hmm. to that, she had told me to pray to Mother Mary. Okay. You know, the very first time I prayed to Mother Mary, I honestly went like this. I went, Hi, Mother Mary, hello. Uh, my name is Fran. I'm really sorry I haven't talked to you before. <laughs> and obviously what I'm about to talk to you is a lot. You know, I mean, you had a son die on the cross, so I feel weird even asking you a question. But maybe a woman told me you could help me. I mean, I didn't even know how to pray to her. And I'm Catholic. I didn't, you know, I was uh, like, I don't know what to say. But since that time, every time. Listen, the reason I'm not in your studio today mm-hmm. is because, you know, I had talked to you right. about it. My cat died last night at 2.58 in the morning. Right. And he was, he was all day long, we were like, should we put him to sleep? And my boyfriend, whose cat it is, was like, I want him to die at home. The cat kept going from mm-hmm. spot to spot to spot in the house. Like, I guess trying to find out where he would be comfortable. Right. And every time we would approach him, we kept saying, you know, Marty, we love you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Out of all the spots he chose, all I kept doing is I closed my eyes and I kept visualizing, Mother Mary, please, please let the cat die in his sleep and be peaceful and out of pain. Mm-hmm. And when we looked where the cat had died, uh-huh. I have one statue in the house of Mother Mary, and that uh-huh. cat was laying in front of that statue. Wow. Wow. Well, And so to answer your question, I when I ask, I do get answers. Um, at another time, I could tell you a locket story that was amazing that I've told to other people right. that have made people who were atheists now start to believe. And that's not my goal. My goal is to just tell people my stories. I don't try to change people. You know, I just say, here's my story. And right. if you, you know, I, I just tell them to tell them. And a lot of times it's what people need to hear at the time. And that's what happens with Hope Up. Now, here's the other interesting thing. Someone had emailed me out of the blue, and right. uh, not an email me out of the blue. Someone had emailed me three years ago to say, hey, it was great meeting you on the red carpet. For whatever reason, I only saw the email about two months ago, after three years. Wow, after so three I was years. like, wow, I don't want this person to think I'm rude. So I texted <laughs> him. I go, I know it's three years later, but I just saw your email. And blah, blah, blah. Long story short, um, he and I started talking, and what happens was he now is in a place. He's with this company called JTC um, and uh, dot org, and uh-huh. he helps kids who are underprivileged find hope and believe in themselves. And one thing led to another, and he ordered uh-huh. a copy of my book. And he said that his goal now, so we kind of partnered. Now, this is after this guy just sent me an email out of the blue just saying, hey, you know, um, I thought, you know, it was great that I met you. I happened to connect back with him. And then he, so we we partnered together, and our goal right now is to raise $5,000 so we can get 500 books, because the books are only $10 a piece, to get 500 books into the hands of these kids that might otherwise go the wrong way. Ah, wonderful. wonderful. So if you go to hopefullethecityoflight.com, there's a donate button, and the book goes to that nonprofit organization, doesn't come to me, it goes to that nonprofit, and then I get the books to them, and they send it out to the schools that they work with, and I told them I would autograph the books to the either the individual uh, kids or the schools or whatever. Wonderful. And so that's our goal right now um, in the next few months, to just raise $5,000. Okay, that's so that's com, right? com. Wonderful. Okay. Let us take, believe it or not, our last commercial break of the show. And when we come back, um, let's just let people know uh, what you got coming up and um, how people can get in touch with you if they want to learn more. Okay, friend? Okay, great. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Ding, 
Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Fran Capo, motivational speaker, comedian, author, and now I can say channeler. Even though, <laughs> even oh, though, are you giving me that title? Okay. Yes, I'm giving you that title. Just to add one more, just because you don't do enough, because yeah. you know, there are 24 hours in a day, and I think you only do like 23 things. So That's right. I'm, I'm such a slacker, I swear, yeah. you know. <laughs> and just so everyone knows, you know, I've, I've known Fran for a while and i think the very first time we met was on a, a hike that my friend carson and uh, you know i think that was the yes, first time we met right. yes and, and i just remembered like talking to you on the hike and you were just so funny and so engaging and and so energetic that i like well now i'm publicly inviting you mm-hmm. on the radio because carson comes to my birthday party every year so i'm inviting you sam to my birthday party i'm not going to announce all the details but I'm oh wonderful you. yeah you let me know when it when it happens and if i can i absolutely will be there okay great wonderful so- wonderful so, Fran, I mean, uh, you do a lot. I mean, and the hopeful I see is like a big passion for you right now. What is, what is your hope for Hopeville? My hope is that it becomes as, because I was asked to get the message out, my hope for Hopeville is that it becomes as big as the alchemist or uh, the way of the peaceful warrior. Okay. Because so many people that read it, and corporations now are starting to buy it. That's the interesting thing. Really? Pfizer and Miller, M- Miller Light beer, wow. bought a bunch of copies, and Pfizer bought a bunch of copies. Wow. And for their employees, because they, they read the book, and they were recommended it by somebody else, and then they bought copies to give to the employees on, the, uh, on showing a way to live a more fulfilling way of life and being ha- teaching them to be happier because their principle was you have happier employees, then you have a happier workforce, they're not as sick, and, and all the benefits that come across it. So you wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things right. that you would think companies that would buy, those are two companies that you would say hopeful and beer, hopeful, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and yet, those are the two companies that approached me. There are other companies, too, but I I'm find sure. those the ones that people would not associate. So that's the thing that I find interesting, corporations coming to me to buy uh, a bunch of the books. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing now. And people often don't, don't see it, but, you know, organizations and, and corporations are starting to become more conscious. They are starting to understand that, you know, if you don't, support your employees if you don't support your customers if you don't start treating the planet well like you know you're just not going to be as profitable and and i call it enlightened self-interest you know corporations are basically in business for one thing to make profit but the old mindset and the old mentality was it was profit at any cost and now i i see this new movement you know conscious capitalism and conscious investment is is their understanding that Ultimately, the, the, the way you're going to make the most profit is by having this more enlightened approach towards making profit. So it's great that you're able to touch them in that way. Well, especially the, because, remember, there's four different characters in this thing. So the little boy helps the people in school. Right, right. The widowed mother helps single moms and women. The old man helps the elderly and the seniors. And the 
successful businessman relates directly to corporate America. It's almost like who moved my cheese? It was told about two mice, but yet everybody wound up buying that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, people could say they were rats instead of mice. I don't know. But the the point being is that's what I thought also about the beauty of the book. I was like, wow, whoever gave me this thought of a way to reach everybody because of the characters in it. Beautiful. And so that's, yeah, so that's the thing. So my hope is that hope that I do the job that the voice asked me to do and get mm-hmm. the message out there. And the only way I could do that is, like, I thank you, Sam, by allowing me to talk about the book so that people could hear about it. And then they could, you know, read it and, you know, and then hopefully like it and say, hey, this would be a great Mother's Day gift. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, this would be a great, you know, Passover, Hanukkah, whatever. <laughs> or just this would be something, it's a way to live life. That's it. One lady told me she read the book 10 times. I'm like, 10, 10 times? times wow. She said, yeah, because each time. I gain a different lesson out of it. Uh, Even though I pulled the lessons at the back of the book out. Right. But when you read it through the story, right. it, that's right. the way that it sticks in uh, someone's mind. Absolutely, because stories create images in our mind, and that's the way we really remember things. And that's the other thing. You see, see, what happened was I was happy just doing it first originally as, you know, get it in staples, make 50 copies, and someone said, oh, no, do it as, then, you know, do it as an e-book. Then someone prompted me, do it as a soft cover. Then after the soft cover, they said, do it as a CD. And then someone said, well, it would be nice if you have a candle that you could light with it. So then I made a candle. I'm just following <laughs> wherever the universe is guiding me. Uh... I figure these angels are coming to me and saying, friend, the book really touched me. It, it would be so cool if I had a candle with Hopeville on it. And the so I said, okay, I'll put a prayer on the back of a candle, and now people can light the candle when they read the book, so they have an actual uh, candle. And these ideas did not come from me. I uh, give credit. People wow. said, this is what I need. Wow. And so then I made it. Wow, wonderful, wonderful, friend. So so uh, just to let people know, at least those people local to the Northeast and New York City area, um, are, are you going to be doing any events, anything coming up? Uh, if people wanna... Yeah, well, I have three things that I could talk about. We um, okay. I'm opening for, well, opening, I'm on a show with, oh, I'll say opening, I'll let her, she's yeah. Patty Smith. Patty Smith, And yeah. she's the interesting, you know, the singer, rock star, mm-hmm. Patty Smith. Yes. And it's for a Heal the Universe fundraiser. And it's May 20th, Friday, May 20th, at Le Poison Rouge at 6 p.m., and that's on 158 Bleecker Street, New York. And um, if you go to the website, you can order the tickets. Uh, You know, doors open at 6, and they sell the tickets in advance. And all all the funds are donated to um, Hanzo Haven Charity Foundation, which is basically a place that they're trying to build that does not charge anybody anything but allows people to meditate and heal and this guy uh this guy uh ken kobayashi has the vision of healing the universe by bringing all like-minded people together so ken kobayashi yes i have i've heard of him oh yes so so that's what the concert's for patty smith and me uh, um are doing the concert together and that's on friday may 20th and then on a um friday june 17th I'm doing my love and laughter. I had been asked to go to this church in Alberson Memorial Church, right. which is in Old Greenwich, Connecticut, and it's uh, a talk on love and laughter and light and how nothing is impossible and how to create your vision, and it's based through the principles of Hopeville. So um, I had already went there and did some of the principles of Hopeville, and now we're doing more. And the people at the church liked it, and they said it was one of the first times the church was sold out. Uh, <laughs> not that, you know what I mean, sold out church, but you know what I'm yeah. saying, uh, that it was <laughs> that the room up. was filled. And so then they're having uh, me come back to talk more about that, and that's called Love and Laughter, and that's Friday, June 17th, 7 to 8.30, doors open at 6.30 there, and that's at Alberson Memorial Church, 293 Sound Avenue in Old Greenwich. Wonderful. And you could go to albersonchurch.org to find out about that. Wonderful. And and if people want to just learn more about you, what's your website? Do you have a personal website? Yeah. And the main hub, if you think of it like a circle, if you go to mm-hmm. francapo.com, 
You okay. can get to any of the things I mentioned. So it's okay, F-R-A-N-C-A-P-O.com. My books are sold there. It leads to the Hope Filled the City of Light website. It talks about my upcoming events. There's a newsletter if people want to know, you know, motivational quotes and when I'm going to be doing crazy TV shows and, <laughs> and you know, and all fun things. And uh, I run comedy shows and everything is at FranCapo.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show, Fran. Tell me, I mean, you've done so much. I mean, you've done more than some people dream about in a lifetime. Do you have any like bigger goals that you're looking to do in the next couple of years, next five years? I mean, the, the, I know you've swam with the manatees. You, you, you've you know gone around the globe. Um, what what like thrills you? What like gets you excited about the future? Well, you know what? It's three. Some like people always go like, "What's your one thing like you like doing the best?" But the thing is, it's kind of, I love doing two things, motivating people through living my life and showing them, if Mm. I can do it, you can do it. So if I can motivate people and make them laugh through my adventures and everything that I do, so, you know, it comes out through my writing, through my talks, through my stand-up, that's what I love doing. So with that in mind... Um, I had just done cliff diving in Jamaica, just got wow. back two days ago. Yeah. I'm, um, the next adventure I'm doing is, um, what is the next adventure I'm doing? All of a sudden I blanked out. Oh, I'm doing a zip lining off a bridge. Uh, I'm going to be doing that. And I just, you know, uh, the one thing I'm working on right now is they have this thing, it, <laughs> It's I don't know the real it's it's a hyperbola, mm-hmm. um, but it's it, they call it the vomit comet, which is a horrible name. But oh. it's basically the one they used in the movie, uh, you know, with Tom Hanks, the, the, where he was out of space. Um, right, right, right. That's the, the uh, seven, Apollo thirteen. Right, it's like and, the seven forty seven that they fly up and and like steep down real quick, so it's like you're experiencing zero gravity. Right, for three times. Right, right exactly. Right, so yes. you get that zero gravity three times. It goes up and down. Um, and with the G-forces and everything. So right. I, w- I want to do that. Wow. And you know what? Then the rest of the stuff usually just happens. I'll be talking to someone <laughs> and someone will say, do you know there's a place that rescues tigers? And I'll be like, where? And then I just find out and then I go. Wow. And that's pretty much how I live my life. Oh, there's this? Oh, really? Okay. I'll figure out a way to get to that great China wall and led down it, you know, or whatever the next adventure is. And I have done that, by the way. I had no idea they actually had a little bobsled down the China Wall because really? the Chinese people usually don't tell you that. No, they they usually just tell you to go up the other way. And I found out through a local, and they kept saying to me, no, there's no. And I go, no, I know there's a bobsled. Lead me to the bobsled. <laughs> <laughs> well, friend, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the show, making it such an entertaining hour. Um, definitely we have to get together next time you're in Manhattan, all right? Absolutely. And uh, Sam, I just love your energy and congratulations on your TED Talk. Thank you. And I just wish you, you know, because what you're doing is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much, friend. And thank you, all of our listeners. Thanks for all of the people who caught us on the live stream on Facebook. We're going to continue to live stream every week. And yes, don't forget, yes, me, your conscious concern. I will be back next week. Talk to you then. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m., and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Hey, 
Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 